When you think of grants, do you immediately think of nonprofits and brick and mortar businesses? Have you ever considered grants as a funding source to support the production of your podcast? Grants aren't typically a go-to resource for podcasters. While this is changing, today we're chatting with Aquania S. Carnet, a three-times grant-funded podcast producer and the founder of The Purpose of Money, a platform that teaches women of color about saving, investing, building wealth through real estate, investing in the stock market, life insurance, and unique saving strategies. So in this episode, you're going to learn why podcasters should consider applying to grants, what to look for when you're evaluating an award, and where to find grants as well as tips to win more funding opportunities. As for the resource of the week, check out Grants for Creators, a monthly newsletter sharing grants and other funding opportunities for creatives, founders, and small business owners. There's even a list of grants specifically for podcasters. So subscribe to the newsletter by visiting grantsforcreators.com. The link will also be in the episode description and the accompanying show notes. And if you want to learn even more about grants, including what a grant is, what it isn't, the pros and cons, and how it can help fund your project, your program, or your business as a creative or small business owner, I recommend the Intro to Grants workshop. That link will be in the episode description and the show notes. Women of color are influential visionaries, moving the podcasting industry forward, impacting how we create and consume podcasts. But we often don't hear about their work, contributions, or rise to success. We believe it's about time these powerhouses are celebrated and acknowledged. So tune in every other week as we share the stories of women of color making big moves in front and behind the mic. So Aquania, you are a dear friend and also co-producer of Millennial Wealth Builders, where we were able to secure three different grants for this audio project. What do you think for you was the primer for considering grant funding to really support this project that we started together? Because I remember it wasn't like grants were a hot topic two years ago. I feel like grants are becoming more known now, like people are considering it. But two years ago when we were thinking about applying, it wasn't. So what attracted you to applying to grants to fund that project? Girl, stop playing. You know the answer is you. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that all eloquently and formal. And I'm like, Danielle, Danielle (laughs) you are the reason (laughs) I considered grants to fund a podcast joint venture. And you are the reason that we were able to successfully secure the money. But I would say once you planted that seed for me, then I began to actively consider how could I use grant funding to support other things in my podcast and in my business which I wasn't doing before. So I definitely feel like you 
sparked the interest. You brought the opportunity and I helped in bringing my editing, writing expertise to the table. And you brought your podcast and pitch experience to the table and together we had success. So definitely following your path and watching how you do it has definitely allowed me the insight to know free money is a great way to pay for my podcast, my business expenses that are going to be incurred anyway. Why not have someone else do it? So that was definitely all you, but I did play a role in contributing to its success. Oh, big pivotal role. Like you were huge. You were so huge. And just to give people a bit of backstory and context, a lot of times I feel like when we're looking and considering grants, we think, okay, how can this grant fit into a project that I currently have? But for our situation, the grant actually spurred us to take action and launch a brand new project. So can you talk a little bit about the inspiration phase and really starting something brand new with the hope of winning these funds? Yeah. So that was the exciting part is I do appreciate that we discussed as a team that we would be willing to move forward with this project, whether we got any money or all the money, right? But we were committed to impacting women of color with stories from other entrepreneurs who would be inspired or empowered to do what they wanted to do by hearing these journeys. And so I think that's key. Like for some people, you just need to put the line in the sand as to what you are and aren't willing to do based on the funding, right? You and I were willing to still move forward with the project, even if it wasn't funded. Other people might make the decision not to because they just can't or don't want to fund something that's not paid with other people's money. So I think that's the first step is defining what is and isn't going to happen and what are your boundaries, right? But once we determined that we felt this was a mission that needed to move forward, regardless of if someone else paid for it, then we put all the other factors into motion. And it was, in my opinion, a bonus that someone else paid for it. But also understanding that grants do have restrictions. And so even though we got the money from someone else or three other people or organizations to be exact, all of the money couldn't be used the same way. So we had to have the due diligence in place to make sure that we properly used one set of funding towards expenses that were authorized, but not towards paying ourselves or paying another professional. Knowing what the rules are is so key because when you're taking someone else's money, they also may want to manage how you spend it and you need to follow the rules or you might be subject to repayment or not qualifying for money in the future or whatever it may be. And I think you did a good job at helping us stay on track with that because you were tracking the expenses, the receipts, and submitting the reports. But I also had to make sure I checked with you before I made purchases with the intent of using certain funding because if it wasn't authorized, it wasn't authorized. And then you weren't afraid to ask too. Like if there was really something we needed to hire another person to do, but the funding says we can't pay a salary or we can't pay contractors, we just pitched why it made sense. Like, hey, we need a podcast graphic and we are not artists. Like let us hire an artist to create it. And they said, okay. So I think it's also important to know that there's rules, there's regulations, but there's also exceptions and you have to open your mouth, you know, closed mouths don't get fed to 
make sure you ask the question. And if the question is no, the question is no, but at least you asked it. And in our case, it became a yes. So that's even better. Exactly. No, that's like perfect because although grants are considered quote unquote free money, there are strings attached, right? Every grantor is going to have different stipulations, different reporting requirements, different spending requirements. So when you are accepting a grant, you're expecting to deliver on whatever promise it is that you said that you were going to commit to. So those are like wonderful and important points for us to consider. I also, with accepting grant funding, I realize how expensive, like pricey launching a podcast is, right? Like we spent one of the grants down to zero, literally, and we still had costs to incur, you know, from hosting to equipment to video software. There's just so many costs that having this grant helped us to just offset some of these costs. And one of the stipulations and one of the grants is that we could not pay ourselves, right? So that's important to know. Like, it would be nice to pay ourselves, but the stipulation was that it's not allowed. So that's, again, very, very important. So now that's been a few years since we launched our project, we got funded for that project. What are you looking for when you are evaluating a grant to see if it's a viable option to support you and your business? For me, as a solo entrepreneur with a growing team, but still one in training, I'm definitely looking at grant opportunities that may not require either a lot of time to put together the submission or a lot of time to execute. And one of the things I think we did really well is once we secured one grant, we kept the answers to all the questions in a document. And as we found others, we would look at that database to see what questions are repeated or can be rephrased to answer the mail, right? So not creating extra work for you by redoing these applications every single time, but creating a drive that has the answers, the commonly asked questions and the answers and how you can make some tweaks to make it work. This is literally the most effective way to apply to multiple grants at the same time because you're minimizing the time suck, right? You are literally, you're winning answers when you more grants. And I think that's what contributed to our success is that we had a playbook that was working. And We had a budget and we did our research beforehand. So we knew what it was going to cost. We knew where the shortfalls were. We had a plan for the money when it came. So you have to set yourself up to believe it's coming. I have already won this money because I have these winning answers that won me money with someone else. And I have a plan for this money. So as soon as we get it, we can take action. I look at all grants that way. I'm subscribed to your list where you send out grants every two weeks. And I look and I say, what's the deadline? What's the grant value? And who qualifies? If I can't quickly assess in your email that that grants for me, I'm not clicking the button to see any more about it. And that helps me sort through a lot of grants that are not for me at this time right? Because there may be some in the future when I have a larger team, we can apply to the 25-page grant. But these days, we're looking for the five questions or less or you know, three pages or less and using that as a means to put our story forward. 
Another thing is as a for-profit company, I have to get a little creative on what grants I apply to because not all grantors are looking to fund for-profit companies, but there are some. And so I really appreciate the fact that when you do the legwork, you will find it. It may not be $40,000 grants, but it may be $300 grants and $2,500 grants, which all adds up. You know, you brought some really great points to the forefront. I think it is important to think about like the time, amount of time and effort it takes for you to sit down and craft the responses and put your best foot forward to win this funding opportunity. Even if it's a five question grant, which there are plenty. I mean, there are grants that are like two questions. It is literally crazy. It ranges from like, two questions up to like 25 questions, depending on the grantor. So it's really important to take a look. Okay. How much money is on the line here? I've been learning from my grant writers, like to look at the funder as well, to see what their mission is, right? Like if their overall mission aligns with us, and that's why I I believe we won three opportunities for the millennial wealth builders is because we were so aligned with each of the opportunities, not only the grant itself, but like the actual funder. So that's something else that I look at. I'm like, do I qualify? Is this worth the time to commit to winning this fund? And then can me and this funder match really well? Like, can I be on their billboard, right? That's something I think about and look at when I'm evaluating grant applications. And With this Grants for Creators project, which really spurred off of us winning opportunities and things seeing like, oh, there's a couple. Okay, cool. But like I've seen that there's just so much money out there on the table. Grants come from the government, yes, but there are also many for-profit or nonprofit entities that are putting money aside to support different types of businesses and projects. So something that I think about is not to feel FOMO. So when I really want to go for something and it doesn't work out that I can't apply, I'm not like sad or beating myself up over it because I know that there are so many more opportunities out there. So behind the scenes, Aquania, you send me actually quite a bit of like opportunities and grants. So what are some of your favorite resources or how do you stay in the know with what's going on in the grant world? Girl, Instagram. I know most people are like, what? Like you're not Googling or you're not subscribed. Look, the only list I'm subscribed to is yours, but there are individuals on Instagram who that is their 100% job telling you about grants to apply to for your business. And so they come up in my feed. I'm like, oh, these are some interesting grants. The deadlines are coming up soon. Let me share this with Danielle. Like it is literally second nature. I look at it for myself. I share it with you. Why? Because you have a platform where you're intentionally sharing needs as well, and it might benefit you and your audience. So I'm always about collaboration over competition. And I intentionally have followed other individuals who talk about grants and they may talk about grants all the time. They may talk about grants as one of their many things they educate individuals about, but that is literally how I find so many opportunities and end up sharing them. And that's it. I intentionally am on social 15, 20 minutes, every couple of hours just to see what's new, what's trending and to get myself in the algorithm. So right before I post something, it's acknowledged, but it's in that process that I'm like, oh, this is interesting, you know, and being willing to share. So I think that 
that's one way that I do it. That's the way that I've chosen to do it. But for someone who really, really wants to use grants to fund their business, you're going to have to put in more effort and time being on the right email list, doing your own Google searches, and creating what I believe to be a timeline in advance. Because what people don't realize is most grants are repetitious in that they happen every year or they're open all year or they're open every second quarter. Whatever the time frequency is of the organization, you should know it. And I think you can do grant planning at Q4 of the previous year. You could probably even do it all year because one thing I've also learned is that there are grants released all year long. Some companies are like, let's spend January money and some people are like, let's burn into the year money and their end of the year is November, October, December or whatever. Whatever it is, there's money out there. So you can literally have a plan to apply to grants every quarter or every month if you wanted to. And it could be your reality. So if you're really, really looking, you're going to have to put yourself on the resource list that has more resources. But I have found the ones I shared via Instagram. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of influencers, like you mentioned, who do reels that they are doing this slow motion walk and the grants pop up on the screen. So that's like one way. I also actually use social media, in particular Instagram. If you have like hashtag grant opportunity or small business grants, like you will see a lot of these organizations posting about it, right? Because at the end of the day, they have this pot of money that they want to get distributed and get out there. So they're going to use social media to amplify this opportunity. But also, like you mentioned, If you do see someone or an organization who's sharing grant opportunities, join their newsletter so you could be amongst the first to know when they are available and when they come out. One of the things that I know for a fact is that some of these grants, they have such short turnaround times, like two weeks or a month. It's due within the month. So how do you navigate submissions when you know you want to apply, but it's like, you found it like super late, last minute. What's your thought process in terms of evaluating if that's something that you're going to go for? That's when you go to your database and you pick up the questions you already have answers to. And that's when you really have to decide, am I going to put time into this? If you open the application and you can't answer any of the questions without additional research, staying up all night to finish it, and that's project is not truly aligned with you or something you want to do, then you skip it. But if it is, and oh, look at this, two questions I've answered before. So let's copy, paste, update. And the other three questions I can pull together in the next 24 hours, then do it, you know, but only you can decide what your bandwidth is and what you're willing to invest time in. But that's my shortcut answer If I can't accomplish this in 24 hours with the resources I already have, then I need to just put it on the calendar for next year and keep it moving. Yes, I agree. Again, this is a time commitment and we're trying to make sure we put our best foot forward with thoughtful responses that can help us get funded. So again, the time it takes is important. There is a growing trend two trends I see. So one trend is video submissions. So a lot of grants, they're short. 
but they're going to ask you for a 60 second video. So that's one trend. And then another trend I see is that some grants have a true deadline, like it's due XYZ date, but they also limit the number of applicants as well. So let's say once the first hundred people apply, then it closes even before that official closing date. So there's a couple of things to think about, you know, like there's a couple of things to think about as we're putting together. And I was recently talking to a grant writer and they mentioned that video submissions is not optional. When they say optional, it's not optional because there's going to be a portion of those people who do take them up on the offer to hop on video and go the extra mile. So this is like more real estate for you to really share your ideas and thought processes. And I was like, don't tell me that. (laughs) Don't tell me that because I definitely skipped a lot of them. But now when I do see a video submission, I'm thinking about that in my workflow. Like, do I have the capacity to hop on camera and to deliver this one minute real. So again, these are things to consider as you are going ahead and considering applications for grants. So a big question that people have is, do you have to be a nonprofit? Do you have to be an LLC? All of these different structures to actually apply for grants. So what are you seeing out there? Absolutely not. But I wanted to kind of add one comment to what you just said about video submissions. It is all an opportunity to distinguish yourself from other people. So even if you are camera shy, you should do it. Why? Because your video submission is going to show your passion for whatever you're talking about. It's going to show them that you are serious about this idea. It's going to give them insight to who you are. And I hate to say it, but it may even help you because if there is a need to extend opportunities to more people of color and they don't know you're a person of color based on your words, that video might put you in the final box. I'm not saying everyone is like that. Some people may prefer blind submissions, so they don't have any biases. But if the initiative is to award to more people of color, you need to let them know as much about you as possible and the video will do that. So get your big girl pants on, slap on whatever makes you comfortable because makeup's not always required. If you're not comfortable in makeup, don't wear makeup. If you're comfortable in makeup and you come off that way normally, then be normal and present a video. So That's what I think about video submissions. Secondly, no, you're not. You and I applied to these three grants and we did not have a joint venture LLC or anything in particular that we created just for the purpose of doing this joint venture together. We had an agreement amongst ourselves of responsibilities and how we would handle the funds, but we didn't have a legal entity. Now, Somebody listening to this might be like, well, y'all messed up. But in our situation, it worked out perfectly fine. And I think you shouldn't use the entity as an excuse to not get started. But it does help, right? Like I do actually have an LLC in my business. I have a business bank account, my podcast and all of that falls under the business. And so I am able to submit the documentation that shows that I have a fully functioning business that is now seeking support. But you have to read the instructions. Every grant's different. Some of them Yes, nonprofit status might be required. Others are like, we just want to help women. And as long as you're a woman, hey, you get it. So I think that's where reading is fundamental and following instructions is just as important. 
Yes, absolutely. I've seen grants with all different types of requirements, like submit your taxes. You know, if you're a minority-owned business and you have paperwork regarding that, submit that. Submit your EIN from IRS. Like there's, again, each one is different. And like you mentioned, it's important to read the proposal from start to finish to really get a sense as to what is required. And again, if it's a right fit for you. We kind of talked about this a little bit, how you have this like database of previous responses that you leverage and tap into for new submissions. So have you noticed any like frequently asked questions that are seen on a lot of different applications over and over before? Absolutely. So question number one is, who are you and why do you want to do this? So you need to be able to tell your story. If you cannot explain your pitch to someone else quickly, then you need to keep working on your pitch. But I've definitely seen, obviously, that is the most common question because they want to know who they're talking to and who is going to get the money. And then the second most frequently asked question is, what are you going to do with this money? The more detailed you can be about your budget, the better, because some people want to know down to the nitty gritty, like, is this going to help individuals in the community? Is this going to go to program planning? Is this going to go to event space? Is this going to go to little trinkets and gifts, like the party favors, like people want to know that stuff. So then you also need a detailed plan on how you intend to spend the money. And please read the instructions to make sure you are picking authorized expenses and what is aligned with this organization. Don't say you're going to use it on party favors. And then they tell you it's not allowed to use on no items for personal use, or that will be given to the recipients who will never, ever see you again. So like read the fine print and know that what you're trying to do is aligned with what they're willing to pay for and submit a strong case. So a strong story, a great video, and a budget is minimal, minimal requirements. I don't know any grant that doesn't ask you those questions. And then some that might be a little unique or a little more advanced might ask you specifically your target audience and what are the issues or problems that that target audience is facing and how will your program solve it? So again, that's still telling your story, but that also has to show that you know the facts. You know what you're talking about. You've done your research. You know that what you solve is a problem. I know we have a lot of ideas as entrepreneurs, but not all ideas are ones you should execute. So obviously before they give you money, they want to make sure that this idea is going to be supported or is being done, or you have a different perspective that's going to distinguish Joe Schmo, who always does what you're doing from someone else. Because I know a lot of grant companies and foundations and organizations are really looking to support the innovative way to solve a problem, even if there's tons of solutions already out there. Or maybe a particular niche, like what if you are specifically targeting inner city youth in DC, you know, and DC is struggling to keep inner city youth active. And what you're trying to do is going to keep them busy so they're not doing detrimental activities in their communities. So being very clear on your mission and then being able to tell that story. And don't be afraid if your mission is for a small group of people. I have seen individuals win grants that's only going to help 20 people, but it's 20 people that matter to the organization who's funding the grant. 
So as long as you've done your research on them and you know what their focus is and what they prioritize and you created a program that meets that need, you're in a stronger position to get the money. Those are wonderful and great points. The impact, right? A lot of grants are looking for what's the impact that you're going to have on your community and why is that impact important, right? What problems are you going to solve, like you mentioned? Some things that I've picked up over the years is like adding stats and figures. So if there's numbers or something quantifiable to attach to your community, the need, making the case for it, like make sure that is there. And like you mentioned, as you continuously apply for grants, you're going to see the same questions over and over. And either you could take your winning submissions or you can just build upon that, right? As you learn new things, as and also our businesses change, right? Our podcasts kind of shift and, and evolve and grow. So all of those things are important to really keep in mind. Aquania, before we head out, are there any other like tips that you can share with us in terms of like for winning grants and things for us to keep in mind as we're submitting our applications? I just want to end with practice makes perfect. So even if you don't win the first grant out the bat that you apply to, that doesn't mean you should stop applying. That means you might need to fine tune your submissions or update your content in the essays and how you're responding. Definitely get a second pair of eyes, even a third in some cases to review your submission You don't want to have typos. You want to make sure that story makes sense. And you want to make sure that other people have seen it. Because I know as a writer, I look at the same thing 20 times and I will read words in my head that aren't actually there. But then I give it to my husband and he's like, you're missing a the, a, you know, and you're like, oh, I didn't even see it because in my head I wrote the sentence the way it was supposed to be. So Grammarly is one of my favorite tools on my computer that helps me edit. But then a human editor matters too, because especially when you want to display personality and character in your presentation, you might use terms or sayings that are specific to how we talk. Grammarly is not going to recognize that, right? That is human context, right? So Grammarly will catch the missing period and maybe even the missing word, but another person will be able to tell you if they resonated with the story. And that's what you really want to make sure you are giving to another person for that second review. And then keep trying. Obviously, the big grants, $40,000, $20,000 grants, those are probably high number of submissions very low number of recipients. So don't get discouraged if you don't get the FedEx small business grant. That's like huge. But if you do, great. You know that you have the potential to stand out from thousands. So go after the $300 Brown Girl podcast grant, you know, where you can lock in smaller amounts of money to do very specific things and probably with less strings attached because I feel like that grant had the least strings attached, but it definitely helped us fund the podcast. So I encourage you to just have fun, continue to apply, apply, apply. It's a numbers game. It's just like high school when I was applying to scholarships for college. The more you apply, the better chances of getting one, but you have to keep applying. So don't give up, create a system, keep your database of answers and get your second peer review. 
I love all of those. I want to add one tool that I've been dabbling my toe in for efficiency purposes. So there's a lot of talk of like AI and how AI is helping with copywriting. And there are grant writing tools that are out there that's really like leading that charge. So one of them is Grantable. And what it does, it's able to, once you submit your boiler plate template of all of your past submissions, like that database we talked about, it's able to pull from that database and really offer you like a first draft, a clean draft, right? Because I know for me personally, my database is a mess. It's like all the questions from ever and it's just crazy. It's very hard to shift through. So Again, this is like emerging AI, not to say that it's going to write the grant for you, right? It's not going to write the grant for you, but it can help you to organize and really pick out the best pieces of all the different submissions that you have before. And another thing I wanted to mention also is that there aren't a ton of grants for podcasters, right? Like I see a lot for writers and authors, but there are grants for podcasters. Some of them have rolling submission, like the John Temple Foundation. I know that they have like, you know, money aside for different podcasters, but there are also a number of other ones that you should just be aware of too. And I'll have the link to our Grants for Creators playlist where you can kind of see all the ones that we find, which ones are active and which ones that you can go for. So Aquania, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always refreshing to see you and again, to be able to see the impact that grants have had on us and for us as podcasters. So before we head out, let everyone know how they can connect with you. Any new exciting projects coming down the line for Purpose of Money, the Purpose of Money podcast? Always. So you can check out the Purpose of Money podcast wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast shows and the website, thepurposeofmoney.com, where I share wealth building strategies, real estate investment tips, and life insurance information that will help you build wealth and your legacy. I definitely would appreciate anyone listening to follow me on at the purpose of money on Instagram, where I am most active, go live most Mondays and love to share strategies and tips for women to build wealth. So check it out. Follow me. Definitely share this episode with anyone who needs to listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love that. Great call to action. We'll also leave a link in the show notes, the Millennial Wealth Builders Project that was like award-winning and won a bunch of grants. So if you are interested in tuning into that, we'll make sure to leave the link in the show notes as well. All right, everyone. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 